Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Off the Charts podcast. I'm Jasma. And I'm Amber. And today we're joined with Julia. Thank you so much for being here, Julia. Of course. I'm good. How are you guys? We're great. Good. good. We are so excited to have you here. I know we were talking a little bit before we started and the vibes are amazing already. So I'm (laughs) incredibly excited for this. Um, so as always, we're going to do a little intro for you guys just to get to know Julia a little bit more before we get into the nitty gritty questions. So Julia is a now 17 years old. It was her birthday recently, so we're expecting happy birthday comments. Um, <laughs> 17 year old youth filmmaker, painter and photographer based in Toronto, who has already made major strides in her founding her career as a youth creative. She's currently enrolled in the film program at the Etobicoke School of the Arts and has been a member of TIFF's youth programming team, the TIFF Next Wave Committee for almost three years. Years, which is amazing. With all of this experience, her work has been recognized and acclaimed in a variety of settings. For example, she's been a recipient of the Scholastic Art and Writing Silver Key, as well as had her work screened at the Philadelphia Youth Film Festival in 2019. Her work ventures into a variety of different art forms and mediums, mainly exploring the stories of navigating Western societies through the influence of race. And Julia describes her work as aiming to attack Western Eurocentrism. Oh my God, I knew I was going to mess that up. <laughs> Ethnocentrism, <laughs> um, and shine a light on the duality between our cultural identities. Um, ultimately, she helps emphasize a world of understanding and connectedness, no matter your background. And clearly, her profound impact in the arts is just beginning. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you right. And can I just say, I mean, I, I mentioned this to you before as well, but even clearly of, of Jasmine's um, little difficulty there, you've written that so well. We asked for a little information and Julia just laid it out for us. She made it sound so easy. So thank you. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get right into it. Um, we want to start from the basics a little bit about just generally your art form. So what drew you to filmmaking, photography, visual art? How did you get started with all of these forms? Yeah, um, well, I was like always sort of like the art kid of the family. Like I have a STEM family and I was like the one like little art kid. I was always like drawing at my grandma's house like all the time. She had a drawer full of like stacks and stacks of like my drawings when I was little. Um, And then I used to take little art classes. And then when I stopped art classes, I guess like my creativity kind of began to be channeled into like I got the iMovie app on like my iPod touch and then I started yeah I started making like those pre-made trailers like it started with that Mm -hmm. and then I would make like my own like every time a friend would come over we would like make a little movie and then I applied to the film program and then entering art school in like high school was like the big break for me when all of those kind of little hobbies kind of came together and I was like oh like this is something I kind of realized like this is something that's been so consistent in my life why don't I just like make it a constant? And, and, and ever since then, I don't know, I've just been trying new things. Like I've been exploring different mediums and that sort of thing. Uh, just trying to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. Mm, good for you. I feel like it's really cool to start off with like just, you know, exploring the little things. I can literally see the iMovie transitions. Oh, <laughs> the fade-ins. Oh my yeah. god. The, the oh font. God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. I wanted to talk a little bit about your specific goal when it comes to your different art forms. And you talked about attacking the Western ethnocentrism and just mm-hmm. your overall aim to kind of, uh, you know, 
uh, send out a message through the art that you do. So how did you kind of get started in that sense? Because, you know, drawing can just stay on in its little own bubble. But in terms of activism, that is something mm -hmm. that, I mean, I guess it takes a little bit of educating and yeah. discovery. So how did you, um, I don't know, figure out that's the goal of what art you want to do? That's a really good question. Um, I think when I first started making art in high school is like, when we entered like an arts high school, they kind of teach you like the basics of, like you're always making art, but then when you enter high school, they kind of taught us why we make art, I guess. Um, and like how to build from a concept and like a statement that you want to make. Um, and so for all of like my first year of high school, I was making very, very personal work. And it all just like really specifically had to do with my feelings and like what I was going through. Um, and then as I made more and more work, I kind of realized what those like very specific internal emotions meant. Um, and they all kind of came back to this one thing of like feeling a sort of otherness and like these very specific feelings and not seeing them kind of portrayed anywhere else. Um, and just like wanting to put them out there solely for myself. And then once you start putting the work out, you get people and you realize like so many people like are feeling the exact, exact, exact same way. Um, and I don't know, once you start kind of building that community of people, like you, my work has like gained its own focus, just it's rooted from like these personal experiences. And then they all kind of came together into this, like this, this thing that already existed, but I just didn't see before um, that had to do with just like expressing emotions and like, I guess legitimizing, is that a word? Legitimizing like those feelings. <laughs> yeah. And like making them kind of like more tangible or like understandable thing for all of us to like, you know, experience. Right. Wow. I mean, that seems like a lot um, to get in, I guess, um, to portray, I guess, in your artwork. So my question is, how do you even get started? Because that's probably, you know, you're like Jasmine was saying, it's not just like a roach art piece and I guess not all of art is it's really a, a path of discovery and then putting that into what your your art um, can mean to people mm -hmm. so how do you how do you get creatively inspired where, where do you start your process that's uh, this is such a hard question because everyone has like such a like I feel like whenever you ask that question no one knows right like <laughs> like very different. for but what I've noticed with myself is that my art tends to like come out of like a transitional period. So every transitional period in my life like results in like uh, a group of work or like one piece. Uh, I don't know, it just really has to do with change and like like periods in my life. You can kind of see it in the art, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's all oh, I can yeah. say. I wanted to ask you about your art because you have a very specific style. Mm. It's very different from the other things that I've seen. So I wanted to ask, like, did you take art classes when you were younger? How did you end up discovering that very unique style of visual art? That's so interesting that you say that. I always, I never, people say that to me and I just can't, it's I feel, I don't really, that's yeah, so interesting. I really don't. Wow. But that's great to hear. Um, when I was in, I think the first grade, I started taking like, like ch children's art lessons um and we would just like fool I, I would take them with my friends so it would just be just like a fun after school thing right. then in grade like five and six I think I started taking like more technical ish stuff like we did a lot of like still life that kind mm -hmm. of stuff um and then I stopped because the still life just 
wasn't fulfilling, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And it was only, I was only doing it because I was with my friend. Mm -hmm. But um, once I got to high school, uh, you know, like all the art classes that I was taking kind of expose you, not only the community, not only the, sorry, the art classes that you take, but the community of people that you're surrounded by, like, it's all so influential because there's, everyone's an artist and you're kind of forced to be constantly surrounded by it, which is awesome. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just, it's all about like making work and making work. I, 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 I don't have like a specific artistic like person that inspires me. Um, I think it's just been about just making work and a lot of like um, reoccurring like things in my art or like ideas just come from, you know, like not paying attention in class. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I noticed that I can't make sketchbook work like ever unless I'm in a class not paying attention. Oh. That's the mm-hmm. only time it happens. I don't know. That's well, very interesting. That's a great excuse actually <laughs> then to say like this is where I get my creativity so yeah. I can't be doing yeah. this. <laughs> um, I want to actually talk because you, um, you're mentioning a lot about your visual art. Mm-hmm. We know that you also do a lot of, of media arts. Mm-hmm. So how was, was there a, a bigger transition between those two forms? And if so, what was that like? Like, how was it from transitioning from doing that visual to putting it into a whole different form, but still having the same sort of outcome? Mm. Well, I definitely, I think I definitely struggled with that, like putting the two together. Um, and a lot of my visual art, I, I stopped drawing and painting and that sort of stuff until like when I was like in the grade 10 or something, like it kind of really dropped off when I like started making films. Um, and then when I started again, I was just kind of doing it for fun. Like it was mostly just a doodle, like random, uh, drawings, paintings, whatever. Um, and it's hard to like all of my, um, conceptual stuff was kind of going into my films and I had trouble like translating those concepts that I had onto like visual art in a visual Mm -hmm. art way uh, because my whole life visual art was just like technical stuff like visual art was just the stuff that I learned in class Um, and I think the more and more I know everyone says this but just like making work teaches you how to do that and also seeing visual art and photography in film also really helps like every frame is a painting. I think that's a saying when it has to do, like cinematography is a saying, like when you start looking at films or like media arts, I guess, as visual arts or like still images, like it really helps in like understanding composition, which is not necessarily important, but also like the way that stories work and messaging works in like a film. Yeah. Mm I got so excited because I am also a very big film buff, so <laughs> this is like music to my ears. Kind of <laughs> I, I do visual arts myself, so this cool. is also... Yeah. We've, got, really... yeah, we've had different sides of things. Yeah, too. yeah. Yes. Um, well then, I wanted to ask if there's a specific medium that you prefer over one or the other, because yeah. I know that film and art is very different. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very interconnected, yet mm-hmm. they're very separate, so they're... Like, how do you prefer to tell your stories? I see at the moment, it's hard to say film because with quarantine, like I'm so Mm -hmm. used to film being like a a community, like a bunch of people working together. It's very collaborative. And it's, it's turned into me, like me sitting in my living room, like at the computer, like my hunchback, like animating (laughs) it's, and, and it's fulfilling in some way, but like without the community, 
that like of like a film festival it's hard to feel that same fulfillment um I've been really into painting recently I think it's just very therapeutic like I can just start painting and like be gone for hours um and and now that I'm learning how to like translate concepts into visual art I think it it's there's a certain excitement there that I didn't have before obviously I definitely love film but um at the moment visual arts has been taking my heart but we'll see what happens for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I think that makes sense I mean in quarantine we all just have so much time and art is it definitely just (laughs) yeah you can be in there (laughs) for hours and honestly it's it's good that you're putting it towards a creative use whereas people like me for example and others (laughs) just not doing anything (laughs) so that's amazing on you to be putting it to some productivity I do a lot of nothing it's okay. Oh, good. That makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, you mentioned film festivals, and I think that's mm-hmm. a perfect segue into one of our next questions, yes. which is about TIFF Next Wave, because that's mm-hmm. been a big part of your life for the past for almost sure. like, three years. Um, and I am also an avid adorer of TIFF Next Wave. You guys do some <laughs> incredible stuff there. Um, so talk a little bit about how that experience has you know, helped you grow as a person, as an artist, what that's meant to you. Oh my god, I love Tiff Next Wave so much. I could talk about it all day. Um, it's It's been so influential, and I genuinely don't know, number one, what kind of like work I'd be making if I hadn't joined. Um, and number two, like as a person, like who I would be without it, because it's been so influential to every part of my life. Um, I got on at the end of grade nine, and I was like fresh out of like my first year of high school. I was like kind of obnoxious but like people still took me and it was fine um but like it's been kind of like I've been almost growing up with it and it's weird like growing through high school with Next Wave is 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 really cool and it's really interesting but ah it's it's so influential to my art because not only like are you like constantly watching films and like hearing stories from literally all over the world Mm -hmm. um and analyzing those and but you're also talking about those stories with like this group of like the most diverse group of people that I get to work with um it gives so much perspective and it it really gives you ability to kind of like enter the stories um and like obviously film is so powerful you you can connect with it like to such a deep level it has so much influence on everyone um and as well like uh, Next Wave always, I talk about this a lot, but it, it really emphasizes the importance of community to, sorry, the importance of community to the arts. Um, and like that art would not exist without community. It's so important. Um, and it, it, it's so fulfilling. Next Wave is so fulfilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, personally, I wanted to just hear more about like the work that you do on this mm-hmm. committee because I know Amber's a film buff and she knows a lot about these <laughs> I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I got it from that. Yeah, but personally, I didn't really know much about it until uh, recently. So, mm-hmm. like, what type of work do you do on the committee? How have you been, like, I know you do the festivals and stuff. Like, what type of impact does that make on mm. society altogether, I guess? Yeah, um, so we're kind of, like, I guess, like, the youth lens of TIFF. Like, we're the youth programming team. So we're, like, the lens of youth for the film festival um so during like the international like the big one in September we like watch all about like a lineup of films that they offer to us and we like choose which ones that we 
feel are the most like relevant to youth. And then in February for our festival or like working until February, we program our own festival with films, um, the same thing like um, that are relevant to youth for, and then our festival is free for people under 25. And then past that we're, you know, like writing film, like blurbs to be on the website. Um, and then we get to participate in a lot of outside film events, um, like different film festivals, it's a lot of film stuff, but you know, it's like, we're, we're just the youngest programmers, like trying to offer that like authentic youth perspective to TIFF. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned February. So does that mean that the, cause I know you guys went virtual this year. So has that mm -hmm. film festival already happened? Yeah, that, that happened February 12th to 15th, I believe. Like oh, that's okay. the exact date. Yeah. So not super cool. Ago. Yeah. So that's why I was so bad at responding to emails <laughs> to you guys. Cause I was no so busy with it. <laughs> worry about it. Oh my God. That's, that's again, a perfect excuse. We will not say that. <laughs> um, but how was that transitioning to virtual? Because that's, you know, usually I remember hearing that it's very much like you were saying a community or it's a huge mm -hmm. festival. There's a lot of people that come, a lot of youth. And now it's, completely online and the team yeah. actually recruiting was online as well so how does how did that change things it, it's it was definitely interesting um but it was honestly shocking how much we were able to transition to online like we did not miss a single event I believe like we had wow. everything online it was we had our opening night party and people were so even separate from the community just like people attending were so helpful and like passionate about making it good and it was really really beautiful to see um and it only emphasized to me like the importance of community because I don't know like just seeing people come to the events like participate and be so excited about it even though it was online was just like so amazing um and it really makes you realize that like this thing would not exist without these people that that you know participate in it Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to hear, though, if there was anything specific you think was just you you would like to keep when it comes to online events. Because I know that when we transition back, there are probably going to be things that we maintain with the online uh, way of doing things. So mm -hmm. in terms of festivals, what are some specific things that you think was really helpful that you can continue implementing throughout when we go back yeah um I think like the use of social media was super cool like it's it you reach such a larger audience when you're doing things like with social media because it's so accessible to everyone um and also like being able to turn off your camera like <laughs> <laughs> when you're on a zoom event sometimes I just need to like lie down for a second and just like oh <sighs> um and I wish I could do that in real life but it's like not the not a good look um if I just started lying down during like in the middle like in the middle of a speaker like like talking I'm just like just give me one second I'm just gonna yeah lie down time. uh that's like my probably my number one thing is turning off my camera dude I feel like oh, that man. applies to everything like every school school so good. oh my god it's it's amazing I can just, I can like do class in bed it's amazing yeah. that is also but that I will admit that is something that is like it's good because it's comfortable, but also mm -hmm. that I, the entire day I feel like it's just like set in the wrong yeah. direction for me because then I'm yeah, just yeah. like, I can procrastinate and it's fine. And yeah, know. yeah. Right? I feel that. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that our mutual hate, hatred of school is just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's amazing. Yeah. And I think, when are you guys opening uh, applications for new team members 
in case anyone who's listening would like to be a part of the team. Or it is spring, late spring 2021, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you can check out the TIFF um, Instagram, right? Yeah, or the Next Wave website, tiff.net slash Next Wave will be up there. We're going to have everything in the description. Yeah, Yeah, check it out. If you guys are interested in anything, (laughs) you would want to join. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. it's not virtual, but then again, you get to take your nap. So True, (laughs) true. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that. So I'm going to go back, jump back to one thing you mentioned in the beginning because it's been weighing on me, and I really think this could be something uh, interesting story to hear about. So you mentioned that your family was very STEM-based, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Jasmine and I can both relate that to that very heavily. Um, so what was it like wanting to be that aspiring artist who was kind of like the black sheep who mm-hmm. where no one else really knew if that was possible? Did you oh. experience a lot of, you know, like setbacks in that? Yeah, um, definitely. And it's still an ongoing thing. Like, I, I listened to your guys' first episode, like, a little part of it, and I remember Amber, I remember, Amber, you were talking about your family and, like, acting, and I was like, girl, me too! Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, um, and as a kid, it, it wasn't, like, a big deal at all, like, it was just cute little Julia's, like, drawing that's so cute, but then, like, it's like, I want to go to arts university, they're like, um, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> no, uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's it's hard. Um, if like I know you guys can definitely relate. Like STEM families, especially immigrant STEM families, mm-hmm. like the, it's it's hard because I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the arts world, but at the same time, like I get it. Um, and I think a big part of the problem is is like seeing like success as money and I totally get why a lot of a lot of people especially immigrants would like correlate success with money because like obviously um but I also think there's a misconception of like there's a lot more careers in the arts than people think there are Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pathways you can take and it's definitely scary but and definitely when I came to art school in grade nine I was like I'm gonna do this forever and I'm gonna go to art school uh, and my friends were like uh no but you know the more you do the more you pursue and like the more you work like it, they loosen up a little bit and this is what everyone I've spoken to about this type of thing it says like you just gotta really push it and maybe your parents will never ever let up and that's gonna suck but maybe they will and like if if it's truly for you then it it you know it's, it's a small setback, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's, like, really, really worth it to, you know, keep pushing that and, and really solidify that, like, this is something that's been consistent in my, lo- in my whole life. It's something I'm so passionate about, and I'm actively doing all these things to, to make a future for myself and a career for myself and show that, like, you're very passionate about it. It's, it's definitely hard. And, yes, I have definitely, to answer your question, I've definitely felt pushback and, like, Un, like they're very unsure for a long time but you know it, it just gets better uh, mm-hmm. as you go yeah mm-hmm. wait it out kind of thing yeah <laughs> yeah that's good good mm-hmm. advice <laughs> but I mean I hear you started taking art classes since you were younger mm-hmm. so like 
In terms of support, like how did that change? Because if they were supportive of you taking art classes mm -hmm. and kind of being involved in that sense, why do you think it was different when it turned out to be this is something you want to pursue? Because yeah. there really isn't that big of a surprise. I know. Um, I that's see that's what I've been saying. Like yeah. it's I've been doing this my whole life. I don't know why this is as a, a surprise. But I guess when it turns from like a hobby to like this is my life forever and like <laughs> this is every big decision uh, it, it, it I guess it there's a little a little more weight on it um <laughs> than when it's a hobby uh I guess that yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and what advice would you give to a lot of because you know that's actually one of the reasons we wanted to make this podcast is that mm -hmm. there is a lot of you're right misconceptions about being a youth creative and a lot of people don't feel supported and that's why they feel like they can't pursue it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, whether it be from your parents or whether it just be external criticisms or things like that, what, did, what advice would you give to, to young artists out there? That's, that's a really good question. Um, I think, oh my gosh, sorry, I just blanked. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. Deep. Deep. Uh, deep. 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 Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think I've got lucky in in sort of a sense because art school is like everyone is so supportive of like mm -hmm. your art like everyone's very open um and then in some ways it's a little bit hard because a lot of art schools are like majority white and you know like a lot of the issues that you're facing especially when it comes to like cultural things don't transfer to that mm -hmm. like majority white um space uh and my my biggest advice for that is like you gotta really create your own community and that's what I've learned like people aren't just gonna come to you and like white people aren't just gonna suddenly understand exactly what you're talking about um and I think that happens through making work and you know talk and if you see someone's work and you like you like it a lot and you connect to it you gotta talk to them um and then eventually like you kind of create this community of people that's kind of uh going through the same thing I guess I, I completely forgot your question, but I guess that's you my answer. It, so it's fine. <laughs> cool, good. It's great. We're still It's amazing. <laughs> well, I want to extend on the idea of like, you know, dealing with race and the differences mm -hmm. in culture because that's what your art is mainly targeted towards, you know, influences of race and Western ethnocentrism. I can say it now. <laughs> so like, how has that been an issue that, you know, has impacted you? Why did that become something that you have dived into so much and, you know, made it so important when it comes to your art form? Mm -hmm. I never thought that those things affected me when I was little. Um, I don't know if you guys like... Same. Uh, same. Yeah, yeah. You, like when you're a <laughs> you kid, you, you're you never understand it. it. And then you mm -hmm. grow up and you're like, oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> that go was bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's really like kind of messes you up when you like grow up and you like think about this childhood that you thought yeah. was like pink and rosy yeah. and perfect and <laughs> right. you're like oh that was racist <laughs> um it it's weird um and 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 it puts like a weird buffer on like I don't know if buffer is a white right word but like a weird lens of like how you see your childhood and it completely changes things um mm. but especially going to a primarily white school um when it's hard it's really hard it's hard to find validation in the work that you're making especially when you haven't you don't have your own community of people that like connect to that work um it's it's definitely hard to like feel like your work is heard and the things you that you're saying are heard because to an extent it just 
can't be to the same level as like someone that is not or like someone that totally understands that experience can mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been it's it's it becomes more and more influential every day because you learn about you know all of these things around you that um like affect that are like influenced by like Eurocentrism and ethnocentrism and like racism itself. Um, and you, you notice more and more, um, and especially like growing up in a primarily white institution, um, I believe is the term. Uh, it's, it's, you notice your, your differences so much more. Uh, and I think it's, it's really important, especially when you're growing up with like immigrant parents to like say those things that you're struggling with like it's so important because you say them and then everyone else is like oh my god me too like it and and I think a lot of immigrant children of immigrants like experience like feeling like like what they're saying is not valid or important um or like they're alone in certain things but they're just not and it's so it's so common and we're all going through very similar things and and if if people like by POC started like getting the platforms to say the things that they wanted to, it would just be, you know, it, it, it helps those younger kids grow up and feel like everything that they're feeling is okay. You know, and you can't assimilate all of these, you can't um, take, you know, like growing up and put it in like a box of like Eurocentricism of like, this is like how everyone grows up and this is what everyone goes through and this is what everyone's parents are like because it's not like that and there's so much um, cultural influence and race influence and just like societal influence that like affects um, teenagers, kids, adults of color like differently and you have to say those things and, and solidify them and make them tangible so that you know we can understand them better and make growing up easier and you know something that we can understand a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that point is, you know, sadly so relevant to today mm-hmm. in our you know, day and age in 2021. I never thought I'd be saying that, but <laughs> it, it's so true. Um, you know, why do you think it's important for, you know, this issue, especially dealing with racism and cultural identity? Why do you think it's important for youth to be aware and educated on this issue? Mm. Um, well, it affects so many of us, you know, and like you see it everywhere. Like, it's not just in PAL. It's not, like, just with your friends that, like, racism comes out. It comes out in, like, very destructive ways in the police system against Black and Indigenous people, even in, like, the medical system, I guess, like, doctors. Like, there's medical racism. And, like, if you don't start, like, talking about these things when everyone's choosing their career paths, then, like, then you end up with what we have now, which is these systems and institutions that are just like not good you know like they're it's just not good and yeah yeah, you gotta you gotta teach it early and and starting in elementary school is great and they kind of do the bare minimum but you know you gotta start somewhere but Mm -hmm. you know like you gotta actively keep teaching it because you know I don't remember what I learned in math like five years ago (laughs) like you you have to keep drilling it in um to, to like guarantee or like solidify like a healthy and like equitable future for everyone because it when you don't teach those things you end up with like systems that are actively hurting people and it's so important that people understand um the way that 
this like racism like infects literally everything everything yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i was curious to hear if you have like a specific experience or like an aha moment in realizing kind of because you talked about how you didn't you know, mm-hmm. all kids are somewhat sheltered when they're growing up. Yeah. Like, personally, I thought I was above that when mm. I was growing up. You know, oh you don't God, realize yeah. that your elementary school teachers were, like, racist. You don't realize yeah. these things. Yeah. So how did you kind of transition into a better understanding now? And how did that, inf- like, reflect in terms of your art? Mm. Oh. Deep oh. questions. <laughs> deep questions, yeah. Wow. Uh, how, did, how did I come to an understanding it's really gradual I think like you kind of you're lying in bed one night just trying to go to sleep and then you remember you're like <gasps> it's like a memory from 12 years ago I feel it too yeah it comes back and it's just like oh and it, and it it comes every now and then and sometimes like an interaction with someone triggers something like oh, a memory yeah. of that um <sighs> What was the question? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Oh my god. Like, what was, what, what was the what was like the triggering experience? There. I mean, I mm. I get that it's gradual, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, how did you kind of learn more about what you experienced? Yeah. Because yeah. I did not know what I had gone through until I talked with other people who mm-hmm. also reflect on mm-hmm. these things and realize why did we not say anything towards yeah. these racist elementary for, school teachers? Yeah, yeah, Oh, for sure. Um, definitely talking to people, but like the biggest, I think, transitional moment for me where I was like, oh, was like, I think it was in grade nine. Um, and mm-hmm. it was like first year of high school. I got to go to school in Toronto. Um, I live in Mississauga. So like going to school in Toronto oh, was so cool. Yeah, and like meeting all these people who were like so cool and like dressed so cool <laughs> and they make art. <laughs> Um, and you know, like there's, there's a, there's a pressure to look a certain way, especially when you go to a school full of Mm -hmm. like primarily white people, um, and like trying to understand myself, um, and find confidence in who I was. I suddenly, like, I realized that like, I can't find confidence in who I am and the way that I look if I just like don't understand it at all. Um, and there was a lot missing, um, there was a lot of things that I didn't understand about myself, like, and the way that I, I guess my appearance, a lot of it, like, I didn't understand my appearance in relation to the white people around me, like, it confused me a lot, mm-hmm. um, finding confidence in, like, the ninth grade is already, like, really awful, oh but especially <laughs> when you, like, like, when you're going to, um, a school that's just, like, full of these beautiful people, who like fit the Eurocentric beauty standards. <laughs> right. um, it's it that was like definitely a big stepping stone of like realizing like I'm different from these people and I might feel bad now and then growing in I feel about I, I feel bad about it now and then kind of growing into and understanding why I feel that way. That almost maybe was a trigger of it. And then it's just like noticing that otherness and all of these different fields and kind of understanding that and definitely talking with other people is super important um and art making was definitely a big part of that as well Mm -hmm. well you know what we've been um torturing you with these very deep (laughs) questions but you have been like i am on the edge of my seat with your answers genuinely you seem like such an not only educated but passionate person in what you do and what you're and what you want to advocate for and that is such a refreshing 
perspective and voice to have especially in thank art you. and I genuinely mean that I am not thank just saying you. that for the sake of this so thank you for doing what you do and seriously oh my for gosh. talking about this stuff thank you um, so much yeah and I you know what I'm we're gonna cool it on the deep questions because we're gonna wrap <sighs> it up and give you a break you know we, you <laughs> it's okay but I did want, personally I have okay. one quick question sure um, because I know you're like films, um, and <laughs> I am not, you know, anywhere near talented enough to make them. Although I am, I love. You them. never know. Start with the iMovie. We'll Start with the exactly. iMovie. Maybe I just submit some trailers I made when I was yeah. like seven or eight, and we'll Do see what it. happens. Um, but I wanted to know if you had a favorite film or filmmaker. Oh, I know. Every, this question is so hard. I know, I know. It's even deeper, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think about like my letterbox favorites right now. Oh my now. god! Oh, Take your yes, time. Yes. Um, I think my number one. I don't know if it's my favorite. Like, I don't know if this is like not a cool film to like, but it was like super influential. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I love that film so much. It's it. It was the first film that, like, I felt reflected my experience with, like, relationships with other people, like, friendships with right. other people. Um, and it's about, like, two dudes, like, making films, and they're just, like, amateur filmmakers, and they make a bunch of films. Um, and it, it's, like, I think a really, really beautiful film about, like, friendship and loss and creativity um, and wanting to do so much for a person but not being able to express it which I really feel because I don't know how to express affection to people. Um, and yeah, that really, that film definitely inspired me to be like, oh, filmmaking is really cool. And then probably, oh my God, I could talk all day. Last Go Black Man it. in San Francisco, incredible film. Great oh film. Everyone should watch it. If you feel you like you don't belong, you need to watch that film. Moonlight. Oh my god. Obviously. I was waiting for this. I was waiting. Moonlight <laughs> completely changed the way that I see everything. It's beautiful and it taught me like literally everything. It taught me how to write mm -hmm. dialogue in a completely oh different way. I after I watched it, I went online, I looked up the script and I like read the whole thing. Um oh and then My Neighbor Totoro. Beautiful film. Yeah. Childhood just nostalgia. Yes. That's a good one. Perfect. I yeah. am yeah. No, you you just made me love you even more after that. Like, <laughs> cool. Okay, I just needed to ask that for my sake. Okay, well Amber asked the film question, so I'll ask the art question. Oh yes, of course. We gotta balance. Is there it. a specific piece of art that you made that is like either your favorite mm. or something that you wish people you can you can talk about it because mm -hmm. I mean you don't often get to talk about visual arts. That's true. You just look at the art. So is there a specific piece of art that you've made that you yeah. really want to I don't know, explain more? Yeah, um, I recently did a painting. Um, it's called The Yellow Terror in All Her Glory. Hopefully you guys can put a photo well, somewhere. We'll Don't worry. Oh, I, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm so excited for it to be like somewhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, the biggest painting I've ever done, four by five feet. Um, and it's, it's the most like conceptually like heavy probably thing that I've ever like done. Um, it's inspired by this 1899 anti-Chinese immigration like cartoon. Um, that's like, I feel like every Asian person has probably seen it. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of traumatic, but, um, I, instead of like having this man, uh, who's like seen as a terror immigrating to the United States, I replaced it with a woman and it's kind of more about the fetishization of a Asian woman. So in the original cartoon, there's like a Asian man, like stepping over a white woman because he's like a danger to the white women of North America. So we shouldn't let them in. Um, and I replaced it with 
a Asian woman stepping over her own skin, and she's just, like, full of rage and anger. It's kind of just about the anger of Asian women, but also, like, you kind of, by replacing, like, that Asian man with an Asian woman and the white woman with, like, the Asian woman's own, like, self and body, like, the Asian woman existence and her Asian-ness is the only, is the biggest danger to her body and herself because of like the sexualization of Asian women and fetishization in general um, and it's definitely the most fulfilling piece that I've ever done it was such a cool process biggest painting ever and I am really proud of that one wow that's well, deep how we're long gonna have yeah please pause oh, how long did the art look individually just, like, <laughs> zoom in look at it properly because like that's it uh, I I think I did it it was over winter break and I was obviously doing nothing I didn't see anyone so <laughs> I would just be like hunched over in my room like painting for <laughs> like hours that's, that's what we take. I, I think that. it took me a week and a half or two weeks mm. or something because it was just like every day hours yeah wow. art yeah so much time (laughs) oh yeah oh my god why why did we do this guys same with filmmaking too like the editing process you can you can start editing and you're in there for like five hours you look at the clock you're like it's (laughs) (laughs) it's a blessing it's a blessing and a curse yeah it's very fulfilling fulfilling to kind of see how it develops oh for sure for sure damn sitting in front of a computer for that long can't be healthy for anybody no way no quarantine if anything quarantine has taught us it's that uh clearly oh yeah um but thank you so much julia thank you so much for having me yeah for talking to us you were such a cool person oh you too again you are such like seriously such a passionate person you were gonna do some amazing things in the arts field thank you um i cannot wait to see what you you come up with next because clearly it's gonna be amazing and you all should please make sure to check out her work we're gonna have her personal account and her art account and all of the things that she's referencing in description so make sure to check her out and show her some love yeah um (laughs) Yes. Show her is, there anything, yeah. is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I want to plug? Yeah. I mean, Did just go, you know, give my Instagram a follow, maybe. <laughs> give me a few likes. That would like be nice. Up, that's, other than that, yeah. Oh, that's okay. awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again so much. Thank Thanks you to our viewers me. for listening in and watching. Um, and you can expect another amazing episode soon. So we love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.